The Las Vegas Raiders have partnered with the global lifestyle app TrueConnect to give the gift of wellness. Transform your mind, body, and soul through thousands of hours of premium fitness content, guided meditations, progress tracking, and more. Visit tcfree.fit to redeem one free year of TrueConnect exclusively for Raider Nation. You're listening to the Raiders Podcast Network, your official home for all things silver and black. Welcome to Raiders Live. How are you? Thanks a lot. I'm doing great. Yeah. We saw you around the Senior Bowl and all the great work you do, and there's been a lot of Raiders breaking news this week. First off, Luke Getze, when you mm-hmm. saw that announcement, what do you think and how about the fit for the Raiders? I think it makes perfect sense. You know, I talked to AP yesterday. I saw him over here, and he was, you know, saying, like, well, you know, 48 hours ago, I thought I had one guy. I left the building, and he was gone. But, like, he, he's really fired up about Luke Getze because you got to remember it was at the end of the Josh McDaniels era where they came in there with a backup quarterback who was a Division II undrafted rookie and laid it on a really good Raiders defense. That really stuck with Antonio. It was part of the reason he was interested in Luke Getze. You know, Luke's a, he's a great guy. He's a really sharp mind. He had a really good relationship with Aaron Rodgers when they were together in Green Bay. And frankly, he dealt with a quarterback situation where the play was so up and down. We've all seen the flashes with Justin Fields. We've seen him have games like he did against Washington this year where he just lights it up. And you're like, okay, here we go. And then the play tends to be a little bit uneven here. So I know Luke's fired up about uh, coming out to Vegas. You know, it's going to be, I think, a, a really interesting situation that portends well if, in fact, the Raiders go and get a young quarterback for him to work with who can run maybe a little bit closer to the system that he would ultimately like to have in place. You know, Tom, JT and I have talked a lot about today and really over the past couple weeks about Antonio surrounding himself with folks who have a lot of experience, right? AP, certainly the first time. His chairs are luxurious. I'm going to take advantage now. They are very nice. I got to give the credit to our production guys. We, Tom, a meticulous process to get these chairs. Very meticulous. But, you know, we talk about AP adding folks around him that have experience, that, that, that have been there, done that. What does it say about him as a coach, as a leader, as a, as a CEO of a football team that says, hey, I want to bring guys around me that have done, been there, done that, and done it at a high level. I think it was really smart. I wrote the story back, whatever that was, like two months ago about how he had Marvin Lewis in the building, and he had, he was talking to Tom Coughlin. He was in the building at that time. And then so was Adam Gase, who had a relationship with Bull Hardigree and, and Champ Kelly. But he brought those guys in. He had them sitting in on the meetings and just giving them feedback on everything from the scheduling to the practice scripts to scheme, like whatever they could contribute, I thought that that showed a great level of awareness on the part of Antonio Pierce. There's a lot of guys who would bunker down and act like, I got this, I got this. And to a certain degree, he certainly embraced that opportunity, but he also knew, I haven't done this before. I haven't been around that many different things, so let me bring in some people who've been in this chair in the past and see what I can glean from them. Marvin sticking around, you know, as the assistant head coach, whatever the title ends up being, I think is, you know, is great for Antonio to have a resource like that in the building. And the Raiders also, as they went through the GM process, you know, part of the reason they got the Tom Telesco was not having two first-timers together they thought was going to be a benefit. You know, Tom's a really steady human being. He's well-liked, well-respected within the league. He knows that division really well, too. Um, And it speaks to what the Raiders have going for them from, you know, an iconic franchise, a great practice facility, phenomenal stadium, some big-time pieces on the roster, albeit don't necessarily have the quarterback yet. A lot of work to be done around them. But they have a lot going for them that Tom Telesco would take this job coming off 11 years with the Chargers. Tom Pelissero joins us. So read the tea leaves here. This is fascinating to me. Getsy comes in. Does that say no Justin Fields because he wanted to get away and start fresh with the Raiders? Do you have Justin Fields in play? Baker Mayfield is a free agent. Obviously, Kirk Cousins are all expensive. Unwinding Jimmy G and Aiden O'Connell 
They broke the glass and put him in, and he played well. 63 points to beat uh, Kansas City at Arrowhead. What do you sense the Raiders can do? Because at 13, I don't think you can get Jaden Daniels. You can't get Drake May or Caleb unless you give up a lot to move up. Well, you might have to give up a lot and try to yeah. move up. I mean, well, that's certainly a possibility yeah, yeah. here. I mean, I would anticipate that they want to look the quarterback direction in the draft. They did the veteran thing last year with Jimmy. A lot of different reasons that didn't work out, principal among them. Jimmy, story of his career, times he plays really well, and then he gets hurt. You know, he's always battled uh, injuries throughout the course of his career. You know, Aiden O'Connell is certainly not a throwaway. No, he's just, you know, yeah. you're probably looking at him as more of a, you know, a backup type of guy or somebody who's going to compete. With O'Connell, too, you know, he's a, he's a pure pocket passer. He's an old school, big body, you know, not the fastest feet type of guy. Mm -hmm. That doesn't play for a lot of teams in the league. With Josh, it made sense because Josh had Tom Brady forever. And Tom Brady wasn't yeah. going to run, yeah. but he did have enough awareness and he had a quick release, and those are kind of the same traits that Aiden O'Connell has. Um, now with Luke Getze coming in, you know, he's used to working with an Aaron Rodgers and having somebody who's going to create a little bit. Not saying that Aiden O'Connell won't be the starting quarterback, but I certainly think that they'll look for somebody might be a little bit different type of a fit. They would love to go and get one in the draft. Yeah. Mark Davis would love to go get one in the draft. There's an obvious connection between uh, Jaden Daniels and Antonio Pierce going back to Arizona State. Will they actually be able to pull that off? Like you said, it's going to take a lot, but never say never. You know, it's on one move that I feel has kind of fallen under the radar a little bit. We haven't talked about it enough. Is Patrick Graham back in Silver yeah. and Black, a guy who was interviewed for head coaching jobs, a guy in JT and I have talked about, yeah. not only are you huge fans of him personally, but what he did with this Raiders defense in yeah. 2023, incredibly impressive. How important is it? What was it to have PG back in the mix going forward? Well, I think that that's, that's huge. You know, Patrick Graham, I think, didn't get talked about enough because we were all, and really so, kind of obsessed with the Antonio Pierce effect and what he was doing, the energy that he was bringing in the building. But what carried that team? What made the Raiders competitive the first half of that season and then what allowed them to win those games they weren't lighting the thing up even when they lost I mean what did they give up nine points to Minnesota mm -hmm. like that defense was unbelievable and I give Pat Graham a lot of credit for this you know there were times I think in the course of his career because he coaches guys hard and they generally respect him for it. but there are times where some players would get frustrated with being coached hard all the time and Patrick really evolved as a coach and he he changed in his second year with the Raiders, and you talk to players about it, and they say he was fantastic in terms of how he interacted with them, in terms of scheme, everything else here. There's a reason he keeps getting head coaching interviews. He'll be a head coach eventually. He's unbelievably smart. He knows how to mix things up. And, I mean, if Patrick Graham had become available, he would have been one of the hottest defensive coordinator names out there, but the Raiders never wanted to let him out of the building. Tom, all the years I've been talking to you, I wonder if the league is evolving into this player-coach thing because the old-timers in the gold jackets tell me, look, we played for who we played for. Now the Raiders are having victory cigars. Max is going out in public wanting to fight for the coach who's now the coach. Where are we with the league now when Bill Belichick doesn't get hired in a cycle like this? Mike yeah. Vrabel, Pete Carroll, and then you see a guy who all the players fought for. Is this a trend going forward in the league? I think you nailed it. And I think that, to me, the biggest trend in the hiring cycle was positive reinforcement mm -hmm. culture. You know, AP, you know, there, there's more to him. He's not, he's not strictly a rah-rah guy. Absolutely. But it's, it's the positive juice. And that's a big reason it resonated with players. I think that, you know, you saw the Patriots promote Gerard Mayo. He's essentially a motivational speaker. You got guys like Brian Callahan, more level personality with positive reinforcement. Dave Canales, super positive guy. My belief is that a lot of teams look around at Dan Campbell in Detroit 
and D'Amico Ryan's in Houston and the level of success they're having and saying, wait a second. So you can bring everybody together and have fun and have positivity and still win? Like, that sounds better if you're an owner. And that's to take nothing away from a Bill Belichick, who might be the greatest coach of all time. But there's a lot of negative reinforcement in that culture. And you talk to any player in New England, they'll say, Bill will give it to you harder on Mondays when you win than when you lose. And that's part of what has made him success is because he's such a perfectionist all the time. Mike Vrabel, there's also a negative reinforcement aspect to his culture. And players love playing for Vrabel, a lot of them anyway. But it's not always that same type of a collaborative environment. Right. I think that above all else, this is the trend right now, and these trends change, as you know, because then when one trend doesn't work, everybody goes back go the other back. direction. But right now it seems like let's get the people who are going to bring everybody together. They're going to make a positive thing in the building. You see all the buzzwords, collaboration and alignment. Let's do that. It's a shift away from the football god type, which we've had for a long time, going back to you know Parcells, who, of course, begot Bill Belichick, sure. Belichick, Coach Vrabel. That lineage, and Josh, of course, is part of that tree, too. I mean, Josh, Josh McDaniels is a really good football coach. Absolutely. Coming from where the Raiders were and that culture to Josh and now going back, you're going, it's a big-time shift. Josh probably wasn't the right person for this team right now, and that became apparent. Josh will go somewhere else and be successful. But right now, Antonio Pierce made clear much of an option. This is it. This is what you're going to do. Yeah, it's AP time. It's AP time. It is his time. Yeah, and Tom, before we get you out of here, we're going to have a little fun with our guest this week. And as an NFL Network man, I feel like you will be really good at this. So what we have on the board, can you got to put down, we have the logos of the past seven Super Bowls. Can you, from memory, put down where the location of each of those Super Bowls were? All right, let me give it a shot. All here. right, we're going to put a minute on the board. Our friends in the control room are going to put a – got, got one minute, and we have a very special prize for our wow, friend who is the, the most expedient. On Raider Live. It's the last yeah. seven. Here we go. Yeah. And we're going. He's going. Tom's going. Oh, he's crushing this already. We got the bookends. Oh, boy. He got four of seven, five of seven. We're only 20 seconds in. Tom's crushing it. One of these was Atlanta. Our friends in the control, make sure we have the, uh, the answers to this question. Tom's pretty good. Oh, oh, there we go. And stop the clock. All right. Let's see how we did. Pretty sure we're in Las Vegas now. Yeah, you can. Yes. <laughs> he nailed it. I'm hearing seven of seven. Wow, Tom Palacero. Seven it. of seven. We have now put him on top of the record book right here. Leader in the clubhouse at what? Forty I was like, seconds. Me what hotel I was in. And <laughs> yeah, like that, that's what helped, right? That's how you yeah. put it together. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Raiders Podcast Network. For all things silver and black, download the Raiders app and visit Raiders.com.